Welcome to Abracadabra, a personal and spiritual development podcast designed to inspire, expand, and empower you as you traverse your inner work. I'm your host, Jazz Bori. I'm an astrologer and a coach with a community full of 21st century women who are brave, curious, and obsessed with living in alignment with what their soul came here to be. These episodes are an invitation to your next breakthrough and a catalyst for a deeper conversation with yourself. So join me in exploring the topics that fuel the fearless pursuit of your soul purpose. podcast. Thank you so much for being here again. I just want to start by saying that there is a dog next door, not so quietly losing its mind. And I've been waiting for like 20 minutes for it to stop barking and it hasn't stopped. And TBH, I don't have time to wait. (laughs) I need to record this right now. It's coming through for you guys. So if you hear the barking in the background, please ignore. Anyway, today we're talking about how to do the work, the inner work successfully, how to successfully do the inner work. I wanted to talk about this today on the podcast because I have just launched the waitlist to Soulful Self Mastery Coaching. That's a one-on-one coaching immersion with me. Um, You can still jump on the wait list. Today is the last day that you can jump on it. Go down to the link in the show notes. If you want to coach with me one-on-one, we're only taking five babes. So um, yeah, this is that signature coaching program that I have led over 70 women through. And if you know that you're next, go do that. But with that coming up um, and then also, you know, thinking about the inner work and why we do the inner work. And, you know, whenever I'm launching something or, you know, opening re-enrollment, I always take a second to kind of come back to the purpose and the mission of why I do things. And the biggest thing for me in my work is always finding ways for women to fearlessly pursue themselves. Operative word being themselves. I want people to come and coach with me because they want extra support. They're ready to go deeper. They want to go in on a whole new level. And, you know, coaching is so juicy and so intimate and it allows you to, you know, have somebody else on that journey with you so that, you know, your blind spots are being looked at as well. And there's something so, so powerful about that. But my biggest mission is really to help women be able to do that themselves. I've always said this from the beginning. I don't want you to coach with me forever. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm not doing my job, right? So when I think about, you know, my free content and the content I put on Instagram and, you know, all of the education that I like to do on my platforms, I really like to invite women into that journey um, themselves and share as much as I possibly can around the inner work because, you know, I feel like, I feel like there is so much power when we don't gatekeep what we've learnt. I've always felt like I'm a woman who is climbing up this proverbial mountain 
and I know that we are all climbing up the proverbial mountain and I really feel like it's my duty to turn around and help other women up. And that's really the a big part of my mission. It is my mission to help women not be in pain for as long as I was. And so through that and a part of that is empowering women to do this work in general. And I want to start teaching you guys how to do that work um, on your own and successfully. So this this episode is really dedicated to the woman who has been trying, who has been trying really fucking hard and wants to be the best version of herself and who feels like she might be stalling and stumbling no matter how hard she tries. Um, it's for the woman who is struggling to implement the work and produce actual changes in her life. Um, and I want to dedicate this episode to you and to that woman because I was you. Before I got a coach, which really blew the doors off my whole inner work journey. But before I got a coach, I was really in this work, but I was a witness in this work. And I found, and it was actually through my, I remember this was like one of my first coaching sessions with my first coach, um, Rochelle Fox. She coached with me one-on-one. She said, she illuminated to me that I was ingesting all of this personal development knowledge. I was ingesting all this spiritual material I was ingesting all of this wisdom and and knowledge, but I wasn't embodying it and I wasn't um, actually doing it. And I wonder, or I don't wonder because I know, I know that I'm definitely not alone in that. I think that when you are obsessed with living in alignment with what your soul came here to be, which I know all of you are who listen to this podcast, it can be... You can find yourself bearing witness to all of these tools and tricks and things like that. And you can find yourself stuck because it's like, there's all this information, but it's not sort of being integrated. And that's really important to know how to successfully do the inner work. You need to know this, whether you're getting a coach or not, whether you have a therapist or not. Whether it's so that when you read a book that could be life-changing or you pick up the book that I recommend, that you actually know how to utilize it and how to successfully, so that you can successfully do, do the inner work, right? So I want to dedicate this episode to that woman and I want you to know that I was you and I'm going to be giving you the three tools, the three things that you must do and be in connection with in order to do the inner work successfully in general, on your own, with a coach, in a group setting, whatever it may be, in order to really receive the inner work and have it be implemented and integrated. These are the three must do's. Okay. So last thing I want to say as well, before I jump into the three points, the three must haves of how to do 
how to successfully do the inner work. I want to talk about why your inner work is so important and just really drive this home for everybody. So your inner work is the most important thing that you will ever do. You cannot fearlessly pursue yourself. So when I say fearlessly pursue yourself, what I mean by that is manifest anything of true value and alignment um, if you are not doing the work on yourself, if you are not self-aware, if you are not discovering yourself, if you are not empowering yourself, it is impossible to do and to claim anything that you want if you are not self-mastered, right? Or mastering yourself in the pursuit of self is to be doing the inner work. But it's hard. It's hard, right? And there's so much information out there and it can be confusing as to where to start. And so again, today, I'm going to bring you back to basics and I'm going to give you those three must-haves that you must have in order to not only do the inner work, but do so successfully. Okay. So let's talk about these three points. So the first one that I want to talk about is um, you have to want to change and not be change adverse. So another part of this as well is like, you have to want to change, but you have to not like want to be changed by other people. So let me just say that again. You have to want to change, not be change adverse, and not expect others to change you. And I want you to write that down. Write that down. That's a breakthrough for somebody. (laughs) That's an aha moment that you are going to take and create a breakthrough with. You cannot evolve, transform, grow, claim your everything, fearlessly pursue yourself, aka do the inner work successfully if you don't have a desire to change. So I'm going to break these down. So if you don't have a desire to change and you think that you're perfect and you aren't able to zoom out, it's going to be incredibly difficult and you will continue to hit up against walls if you cannot critically think and observe your critically think about yourself and observe yourself and see that there is a change that must occur. It takes humility. It takes vulnerability with yourself. It's not easy. But if you want to change, that's all that is required in order to successfully do your inner work. There has to be a point where, you you know what? What I'm doing isn't working. And so I want to change. Secondly, not being change adverse. So not being adverse to change, not resisting change. You must have a aversion to change, almost a love, a desire, a craving, if you will, for change. If when I want to tell you guys a quick story. So when I went on my self-love retreat in 2018 and everything changed and I literally came back and people at work 
at my job at the time literally said like, you look different. Like you literally look different. There's something different about you. What had happened that they were picking up on is that I had seen my worth and I had seen what needed to be changed in order to step into my most empowered, loved up self. And I was excited by that. I was turned on by that. I was, I was lit up by the idea of changing who I was. I was not attached to who I was previously. I had realized that that version of myself was actually at my detriment to my everything. And this might sound like, oh yeah, simple. Like I'll just not be adverse to change. No, there's, there's, a, there's work that has to start here. So if this first point is really hitting with you and you're like, shit, that's not me. Like I, I do not want to change. I am so holding on to who I am. This is the first step of your work is changing your relationship to change. You must have a healthy relationship to change in order to do the work, the inner work successfully. The last little part of this is you need to not want to be changed by somebody else. So in order to do the inner work successfully, you must understand and come into relationship with the fact that you are the only person that can change you. If you want somebody else to do your own inner work, if you want somebody else to change you, it's never going to work. It's never going to happen. You're going to keep being in the same rut because what you're doing is you're looking for outside validation. There's a reason why they call it inner work or self-love, self-development. <laughs> it's because it's done through self, self. Otherwise it would just be development or love <laughs> or work, right? The difference is, is that you have to do the inner work. Nobody can do the inner work for you. So coming to the understanding and standing really firmly in the power of never looking for somebody else to change you puts you in such a powerful position to change, to do the inner work. And the reason I really wanted to drive this home is because if you do want to get a coach and you feel like really lit up by that idea of being in an intimate container where all eyes are on you and everything's really customized and juicy and you know you get to really work through your problems at your pace and overcome your challenges and there's this real sort of like i mean one on one is is so potent because it's just you and the coach you must I will say, do not enter into any, any one-on-one coaching. If you are, whether it's for your business, for your inner work, anything, if you want that person to change you, even if it's a therapist, even if you, if you are looking for someone to fix you, it's not, you're not going to do inner work. You're going to be 
looking for someone outside of you to change you and to fix you. And so the inner work is literally never going to happen because it, it's, it's not inner work. That's somebody fixing you, right? So, and particularly, you know, especially in the coaching industry, it can be so easy to go, oh, I'll just get a coach and they'll change me and they'll fix me. I say this to all my clients all the time, like, I am not going to make the shifts and changes for you. I'm going to reflect back to you, your blind spots. I'm going to ask you great inquisitive questions for you to come to the answer yourself. I am going to support you. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to guide you, but I am not going to do your inner work for you. I'm going to give you great resources and I'm going to give you exercises and expanding power practices to capitalize on what comes out in our sessions. But you are going to do the work. I cannot change you. And this is actually like like giving you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain here. When you do any sort of coaching um, certification, literally the first thing that anyone who's teaching coaching will tell you is that it's, you don't give advice. You coach. Think about it from like a, from like a, a, a sports perspective. The basketball coach is not ever on the court. Yeah. They are strategizing from the sidelines. They are putting players in. They are, they are behind the scenes helping the team win but they cannot go out on the court and and sink the the balls. Oh my god, is that what it's called? And sink the yeah, sink the balls into the hoop for the team. Yeah? And the team does not succeed to that same level without a coach. Right? So and as well, if the team thinks that the coach needs to do everything for them, and they get to just sit on the sidelines and watch the coach play the game for them. Like that's not, that's not right. Yeah. And the other analogy I like to think of it as well, just from a coaching perspective and why I believe in coaching so much is imagine if you had a team in a court that had no coach and a team that did, which one do you think will win? The one who is fully has the coach who has support and strategy and all of that. That's why Getting a coach to do your inner work puts you ahead of the game. Yeah, two minds is better than one. But if you are expecting that coach, that therapist, that boyfriend, girlfriend, parent, sibling, friend to change you and to be responsible for your inner work, you will not be successful. So again, Number one is you have to want to change, not be adverse to change, and not want to be changed by somebody else. Number two, you must have an open mind. The one thing that I the one thing that I attribute to my inner work is that I have always been 
well, well, the one thing that I attribute to the success of my inner work is really what I should say is the fact that I've been open-minded. I was willing to try anything, really anything. There are boundaries that I have, um, to be honest, like I'll, and I want to kind of preface this as well. Like you don't have to like, you know, put your head in an oven because someone tells you that that's going to make you better. Right. Or jump off the bridge because someone jumped off the bridge too. And that worked for them. I think it's important to have boundaries. So for example, for me, when it comes to my inner work, I do not want to take, um, anything. So whether it be, um, like, uh, like medicine for my, for my, for my inner work, for my mental health. Um, and that's not to say that like, if I was told by a professional that this was the only way that I would be able to survive and thrive, that I wouldn't take it. But for me, a boundary has always been, um, around like taking something to enhance or, um, dissolve, uh, my emotions, my mental health, anything like that. It's just always been a boundary for me. So that is everything from like medicine to plant medicine. And, um, I don't drink alcohol. I don't do drugs. I don't, I, I won't take mushrooms. I won't, um, my boundary for me is, um, what do they call it? Like microdosing. Like that's just not an avenue that I am ready to walk down. Now, that's not to say that in the future, I will never do that. Right. But for someone who is sober, um, and if you want to know more about my sobriety journey, I actually have a whole podcast episode on that. So we'll link that down in the description. If you are moving through sobriety, if sobriety is something that you're thinking about, that is honestly one of the most powerful episodes that I've put out. It was one that we probably got the most response from. So um, I highly recommend that um, if that's something you're moving through. But for me in my life right now, I'll be nine years sober in a couple of weeks. That is a boundary that I have. But... I am still open. I have an open mind to going down those avenues. I am not completely shut off from it of trying plant medicine and doing ayahuasca or um, microdosing or taking a Valium. You know what I mean? Like anything, like I'm open to it. But for me, there was some boundaries. Yeah. Um, that I've put those boundaries in for a reason. Um, And for the sake of proving my point here, I don't need to tell anybody why I've put those in. Um, That's my choice, but I am open. I'm still open to those things working for me in the future. Um. So I wanted to share that story with you because I think it demonstrates that even though I have a hard boundary with something, you can still be open-minded and also um, open-mindedness when it comes to the inner work. I mean, we learn so much through other people's experiences and I have never and will never 
tell somebody to not take medication or not do ayahuasca or not, you know, microdose, because I know that that helps so many people. It's just not an avenue that I'm willing to go down. And that is totally fine. So I think when I say that you must have an open mind, regardless of your boundaries, regardless of your your lines in the sand, staying open to the possibilities of what could possibly help you will be incredible. And if you can have as little a boundary as possible, not boundary, that's probably a wrong word, but if you can have as you can be as open as you possibly can when it comes to the modalities that can help you with your inner work. I really, really believe that you will get to where you want to go quicker. So even though I've always had those boundaries, I have had moments where I've gone to a psychiatrist and said, please give me medication. (laughs) And they said, no, they said, you're not eligible for medication, which is a whole nother story. Um, and I mean, I've kind of, my Gemini brain is, my Gemini mouth has gone back on what I just said before, but that's a big reason as to why I won't take those things. It's, it's not necessarily a good thing. It's something that I'm probably still working through. And I wonder sometimes where I would be if I had been able to access medication during really tough times. And I wonder where I would be if, you know, I didn't have the experiences that I've had with, um, you know, uh, mind altering substances. I I wonder where I would be and how much more open I would be. But as of right now, I'm not ready for that. So all of this is to say that I still had an open mind about the about everything. So if I didn't have an open mind, I wouldn't have discovered astrology. I wouldn't have discovered Reiki. I went and saw a Reiki for my anxiety. I reckon when I was uh, eighteen. So what's that, 2014 or something like that? Oh my God, I can't do the math. But when I was like 18 years old, like I literally went and saw a Reiki. Um, No one, I didn't even know, like no one was talking about Reikis back then, not in my world anyway. Um, And that really helped me. Um, Even with, you know, my, my like chronic pain, that I've been dealing with for a really long time. I went and saw doctors and all those sorts of things. And what I realized is that all of the dietary stuff and all of that didn't necessarily work. And it was through my openness that I ended up trying hypnotherapy. Oh, that, give this a crack, see if this works. And it did. Who would have thought that going and, and having a hypnotherapist would help with my chronic pain? Oh yeah, I didn't know about that thing called the mind-body connection. Yeah. So these are all examples of how my open-mindedness has allowed me to to do the inner work successfully. It's allowed me to explore and have experiences from a beginner's mindset. And I was still able to have boundaries um, with myself but never judge other people for their decisions. Like, again, like it's, it works for a lot of people and things that work for me won't necessarily work for another person and vice versa. So again, it just comes down to this openness because when you're open, you put yourself in that beginner's mindset and that is really where success comes from. 
is your ability to come in and go, well, the reason it makes you successful is because it allows you to try more things than you would have previously. So have your boundaries, have your skepticism, all of that stuff. And that's the thing I would even say is it's not so much, no, I wouldn't say it's, I'm like skeptic about, you know, medication or anything like that. I'm definitely not. I'm like, it works (laughs) for a lot of people, but it was just literally like, I was never, it was not for me, like medically said, Hey, not for you. Um, but you know, with things like, yeah, mushrooms and all those sorts of things, which are really, really powerful, like extremely, extremely powerful for so many people. Who am I to say that that's wrong? It's just not right for me yet, but I always have an open mind. And I hope that one day I feel ready and comfortable. And that's what I really mean about boundaries. We have to remember that boundaries aren't actually about other people or other things. You can still have a boundary and be open-minded because your boundary is actually about you. It's got nothing to do with microdosing or ayahuasca or, you know, anything like that. It's got to do with my readiness. And so that's why there's a boundary there. So I wanted to kind of share that with you because I think the first thing is, is like, well, then we should just try everything. And I feel like critical thinking is a massive part of doing your inner work and listening to your intuition and figuring out what feels good for you and what you're ready to go into is a massive part of becoming, of doing the work, the inner work successfully. But the open mind is essential regardless of where your boundaries are um, and where your readiness is. So I pray that that lands um, and that you guys really feel me on that one. The next one and the last one is number three, you must ask yourself the right questions. So my biggest tip for anybody who is wanting to really dive into the inner work and do the inner work successfully, go get yourself a journal and write in that journal every single day. In order to do the inner work, you have to be asking yourself questions. You have to be asking yourself questions because the questions interrupt the thought loop. This is why coaching is so powerful because a coach will sit there and ask you questions and ask you the right questions to help you get to the next stage and evolve and reflect and get self-awareness so that you can then take, make the right moves for you and how you can successfully work on yourself. But regardless of whether you get a coach or whether you do this on your own, I want you to understand that you must be asking yourself questions. The questions interrupt the thought loops. Figuring out what questions to ask yourself can sometimes be difficult. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you guys about a solution that I'm putting together for that in a second. But just to begin I want you to journal every single day. Start to get in conversation with yourself. If you are not in conversation, conversation is a two-way street, yeah? If you are not in conversation with yourself, it's very hard to do the inner work because the self-awareness is essential. Self-awareness is essential for you to be doing the inner work successfully, And the first step is journaling. Journal. (laughs) So grab a pen and all you have to do is set a timer 
and write. Yeah, two, three, five minutes. Start there every single day. Start having a conversation with yourself. I want you to, you know, if you struggle to just write and you feel like you're just recounting things, that's totally fine. That's usually how it starts. And then you start to get better at it and more stuff starts to come through. You can also, another sort of tip is you can, um, a journaling sort of um, exercise is literally having a conversation with yourself. So literally putting like person A and person B. So asking yourself that question, asking yourself a question, writing, and then after you've written that answer, looking back and then asking another question that's related to the answer and going deeper and deeper and deeper. That's a really powerful exercise. But asking yourself the right questions um, can be kind of difficult because if you don't have or you struggle to kind of zoom out, um, stay open-minded and really kind of view yourself from a more critical perspective so that you can ask those questions or even if you don't know what questions to ask yourself, I am putting together a free masterclass that I'm going to teach you how to ask yourself questions, how to utilize your journaling practice to really get in conversation with yourself and teach you how to do the inner work. Because the inner work for me always starts on a page, always on a page, because it starts with a conversation with yourself. Some people meditate and do this. And whilst that's really great, I would recommend more highly to get a pen out and actually start to write this down. Because what you're doing when you're writing down is you're focused, but you're also in theta. You're in a flow state. This is something I'm learning in my hypnotherapy training. Um, You're in theta. So that's when your subconscious is really going to bring forth and you'll start to wow yourself. You'll start to bamboozle yourself with the things that you that you um, come up with because you're asking yourself the right questions. So I'm putting together a free masterclass called Mindset Mastery, how to do the inner work. And we are going to go through how to ask yourself the right questions. I'm going to give you three of my my most uh, potent and powerful um, prompts that no matter where you're at, you can always ask yourself these questions and they're going to help you gain self-awareness and get you in the seat and buckled in for actually doing the work in a successful way. Okay. This is incredibly important. If you don't know how to ask yourself questions, that's fine. Not all of us do. That's why a lot of us hire coaches right? But if you want to learn how to do that yourself, I'm going to give you my top three in this um, masterclass. And I'm really, really excited about it because self-awareness is something that I am so um, passionate about. You being able to zoom out and and gain self-awareness is usually 90% of the work. And so that's why This masterclass is called Mindset Mastery. It's called How to Do the Inner Work is because we're really going to go in and I'm going to teach you how to to do that and how to ask yourself the right questions. So with that said, the Mindset Mastery Masterclass 
is going to be open for enrollment on Monday. The Let me just double check the date for that. Monday will be the, let me just check my calendar. Monday the 30th, I believe. Oh, sorry. I, I lie, I lie. Enrollment will open for the masterclass on the 25th. The masterclass will be on the 30th, Saturday the 30th um, at 10 a.m. So if you um, want to jump into that masterclass, um, make sure that you're following me on Instagram. I'll be dropping all the information there. You can sign up. It's free because as I said, I really want to start helping you guys do this, do this shit. Get in the driver's seat of your own life. Yeah. And fearlessly pursue yourself. Operative word being yourself. So with that said, I'd love to know how this landed with you. Please be sure to share this on your socials so that I can thank you personally. And um, it really helps us get the word out as well about the podcast. Um, if you uh, aren't already following me on Instagram, make sure you go do that. Cause I'm going to be dropping all the information about the masterclass there. And, um, I love you. Thank you so much for being here for another episode. Let me know what you think. DM me. Love you so much. Have an amazing week. Once again, this is the Abracadabra podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Bori, and I'll see you in the next episode.